Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Just uh, flip it on to the NFL Network, Rod, and they're already live at the NFL Scouting Combine. Players already arriving, the on-field stuff, and uh, workouts begin Thursday, so a couple days in advance, the players show up, they'll do interviews, and their medicals and all those things. Thursday, Rod, defensive line and linebacker. So that means yeah. Jalen Ford and uh, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. No, that's a, that's a big show. The big I mean, show. Yeah, no, literally, yeah, it'll be the big show. But T Sweat. Uh, for, yeah, for the long, for Byron Murphy is is expected to show out at the combine. The guy that was a running back in high school and also a, a linebacker ended up switching to D line. Um, so he's got great feet. If you watch him on film, and you can see him with pass rushing moves, setting guys up without a lot of space in the interior to do it. So he's got that. He's supposed to, he, he claims he was the strongest guy on the team, um, could squat the most, could power clean the most. If you can do that, if you're the strongest guy in Texas, I'd assume that translates to the combine. So Byron Murphy is supposed to pull on the show and then confirm, yes, I'm a first-round pick, guaranteed a guy that's drafted middle of the first, mid-first round. Yeah, today is uh, – it's interesting that t- today will be the slowest day as far as news comes, but tomorrow, maybe well, you'll start having – because I've been to the NFL Combine before. It's pretty cool. Once the players get there, then they they start doing interviews, right? They put them up at podiums, and they yeah. start – you know, you can interview them and talk to them, then the coaches show up. There'll be a lot of uh, NFL, as you said, we're in this country addicted to the NFL. Oh, There'll be a lot of news and nuggets to come out, and uh, we'll see, because today it's uh, defensive line and linebackers, general medical exams, pre-ordered studies, and they do team interviews. So this is what's going on today. Oh, man, it's, um, uh, it's, it's those, medical, those, those medical evaluations are brutal, too. I mean, it's, You've been through uh, that. I mean, how, that, that takes all day, and, right? Yeah, it's a lot of poking and prodding, and every team wants to get their own – you know, personal diagnosis. So they, they divide them up into teams, but then every team is going to check that same injury because they don't trust the other teams. Like, ah, let me check it out. Let me look at that knee that you had the injury with when you were a sophomore in high school. Every injury you've had in the history of your really life, pretty much, <laughs> like in, in your, you know, from your teenage years and up, um, they, they, they find it. It's crazy. It's kind of freaky. In terms of looking at all the X-rays, Did you have and stuff. a shoulder issue going into the league. No, I mean, well, that, that's really that's what, not really. Yeah, it's not. I didn't have any any shoulder injuries actually going in. It's just that was the the major. I think that was the, you know it was I was <laughs> I was running down on kickoffs, you know, trying to blow up wedges, which are now banned in the <laughs> NFL for a reason. So that was one of, that started my shoulder injury, and then once you had once I had one. I think it kind of led to, you know, other shoulder injuries. Yeah. So, it's just, yeah, that I'm glad they banned it. That was a stupid thing to have to do, to go out there and run into a wedge of two two offensive linemen at times or an offensive lineman and a, a tight end, and they were just – they were locked arms, literally. They were locked arms. <laughs> they would lock Little arms. Rod running down there. And then your coach, yeah, told you your objective is to go down there and split them and blow that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was it did if you went around it and like unless you went you went around it and didn't make the play then he they, he'd trouble. be like you should have went you should have blow it, your your responsibility is to blow it up no, I'm trying to go around it I'm not trying, <laughs> to, trying to run I'm into three to dudes into, with their arm blocked yeah I'm not, that's not no I wouldn't yeah a few times I did it I don't even remember it 
<laughs> but I did a good job. That blew, <laughs> you blow because you gotta blow yourself up too. Yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. It's kamikaze stuff, man. No question. Yeah, I'm glad they. Well, the NFL, the competition committee, is still looking into that uh, XFL style kickoff that does. They should do it. That you know limits the collisions, but brings the excitement back to the kickoff, which I think the NFL would be interested in because you you don't even pay attention to the kickoff anymore. Ninety percent of the time, it's a touchback. Yep. Uh, They don't return it, but man, it would. uh, That that's been one of the more exciting plays in football over the years. But that's where all the the concussions or most of the concussions and most violent collisions. Yeah. Yeah. Full speed collisions yeah so they've basically shadow banded but they still you still have a few of those collisions happening even with the guys getting the touchback because they're blocking and you know they're told to go full speed and they do so i'm with you i think they i don't know what's taking them so long the xfl kickoff they've stolen other ideas from other leagues um steal that idea that's a great idea and it's safe and it's it gets it the the, the frequency of returns is really high i think they return 90 percent of their kickoffs in the XFL. Yeah. I mean, they they don't have a high injury risk on there as well. I don't know what the NFL is waiting on. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah. Thursday, uh, as far as the TV coverage of defensive linemen and linebackers, that means Jalen Ford and the two defensive tackles. Uh, defensive backs and tight ends are Friday. Saturday, that's the main day, right? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Uh, that is the show. But, that's supposed to. That's supposed to be the the big show. The big show. Yeah, the workouts. Offensive for the, linemen on Sunday. So yeah, you're, I mean, uh, if you're paying attention to the NFL scouting combine this weekend, uh, and yes, of course, most of the top quarterbacks aren't planning to participate in the uh, throwing drills. Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, not going to participate, but they'll be there. They'll be there. Yeah, they'll do. They'll do interviews. Interviews and, and all the medicals. Yeah, and not not all the quarter. I mean, the quarterbacks want to throw in a controlled environment where they know the wide receivers have chemistry with the wide receivers. Um, at the combine, you don't have that. But some guys are going to throw. Some yeah. guys. I think Michael Penix is yeah. throwing. Uh, the guys that, that need to to, to this, show they, something. To yeah. increase their draft stock. Yeah, Michael Penix is trying to get into the first round because um, right now people have him projected as a second round pick, which. Hell, I'd take him in a second round. Me too. Hey, let's get to the, uh, <laughs> the top stories, uh, the headlines. And Rod's got a rant coming up this hour. We'll also uh, get some bullish or BS for the end of our second hour here on Hook 'em Up. But first, the news. Top Gun Reynolds and Lauder, we'll bring it to you. And we'll start with that NFL. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Dallas Cowboys are not expected to use the team's franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard for a second consecutive offseason. He was their franchise player last year. That means the 26-year-old is likely headed to the free agent market when league year opens next month. He won't be alone. It's going to be a crowded running back market. According to Schefter, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler are all expected to be on the market as well as the Giants, Raiders, Titans, and Chargers also not going to use their franchise tags. Two college hoops just three days removed from getting blown out at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. Rodney Terry's struggling Longhorns head to an even more hate-filled environment tonight. They'll roll into Lubbock to face Texas Tech for the final time as a member of the Big 12. It's a fan blackout that's planned at the United Supermarkets Arena. Students have been camping out for days in anticipation of the 157th meeting between the two and possibly the final for a long, long time. Red Raiders 14-1 at home. Boasts a three-game winning streak over the Horns. Texas has dropped five of their last eight games firmly on that NCAA tournament bubble with four regular season games left. Tonight's game tips at 8 o'clock. No struggles for the Texas women. Meanwhile, they are on the rise. Head coach Vic Schaefer's horns have reeled off eight consecutive wins. They've risen to number three in the latest AP Top 25 by only South Carolina and Ohio State. They're going to clash with Oklahoma tomorrow night in a massive game in Norman. If Longhorns could get that win, they would move into a tie atop the standings in the Big 12 with the Sooners. College Hoops last night, big Monday win for Baylor. They went into Fort Worth and beat TCU 64-52 at UFCU Dishfall Field tonight. 15th-ranked Texas baseball team 
wrap up their season opening eight-game homestand hosting St. John's at the 6.30 first pitch. Uh, congrats to a couple of Longhorns. Uh, staff ace LeBaron Johnson Jr. named the Big 12's Pitcher of the Week yesterday after he tossed eight shutout frames and struck out eight on Friday night. Third baseman Peyton Powell was named the conference's Player of the Week. He hit 471 with three home runs and eight RBIs in four games last week. Uh, tonight's matchup with St. John's comes out of that trip down to Houston this weekend for the Astros Foundation College Classic at Minute Maid Park. They're going to face third-ranked LSU on Friday night, ninth-ranked Vanderbilt on Sunday. They'll play Texas State in between. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, big game for Texas men's basketball tonight. There are some um, injury concerns for Texas Tech, too, though, that may bode well for the Longhorns. Chance McMillan has been questionable. Um, he's got like a hip, hip injury he's dealing with. And their big man, Warren Washington, has been dealing with an injury, too. And he, you know, he alters shots at the rim. I mean, he's a big part of their defensive game plan and defensive identity. So those are two injuries that really could uh, work out in favor of Texas. Um, so, And I think uh, Chance McMillan is averaging like 10 points per game for, for the uh, Red Raiders. And Red Raiders at, at home, you know, you talked about, I mean, they're 14-1, right, I believe at home, something like that? 14-1. They're 2-6 on the road. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hard for anybody to win. It's hard for anybody to win on the road. We know that. you got to protect home court. problem for the Longhorns is they've lost their – last two road games and they've lost them by what a combined 40 points so this will probably be the most uh, rowdy raucous road environment they've seen in the big 12 so far uh i think so we had people texting that, that live in lubbock that they've been camping out since friday i mean they want a yeah. piece of texas there's no doubt about that you know this is the last one um and who knows if texas ever makes a trip to Lubbock again. I mean, they could. I mean, but you just don't know. But you don't know. Um, you know, Longwood's ready to the SEC, and there's no reason to, to go to Lubbock. That's no. not an easy place to get to. No. I don't think they're in a hurry to get to Lubbock again or Waco. No. I think this might be the end <laughs> yeah. for a while, long, unless they play in postseason, like you said. Yeah, and that won't be at home. I mean, that won't, that'll be a neutral site in the postseason. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. And uh, as we said, Longhorns just need better better backcourt play. I mean, against Kansas, that first half, that's as bad as they've looked this year. I mean, that's that was disheartening because you felt like – remember they had the week off yep. where they didn't play a game and it felt like, okay, this is a this chance to catch your breath. They've been worse since the break, right? They've been worse as a team since that week off. Uh, they went to Houston and got smashed. Then they came home. They beat K-State, but it was a really ugly game. That was an ugly game. Uh, K-State got into their style of basketball and, and, and just mucked it up, and it wasn't good. And then, you know, Kansas, they, they shot 26% in the first half of that game. And they were down 20. It was 45 to 25. It just wasn't even competitive. Um, and we talked about Max Aismas just has to be better. Uh, you know, he was your, your, big, your single biggest addition in the offseason through the transfer portal. He's uh, seven for his last 32. In the last three games, he scored seven, eight, and five points. Yeah, man. He's... Uh, and has made, you know, he's, he's not shooting the ball well. Well, you do wonder if, you know, now there's a – the blueprint is out. Yeah. Right? The, the scouting report is out, and it's a thorough, accurate scouting report on how to stop, neutralize Max Aismas. He's first 24 games of the season, uh, he was able to score in double figures, and he hadn't scored in double figures in the last – but three games, yeah. I believe it was, and I'm with you. Um, it's it, and on defense, at there, you know, at times he can be a liability defensively. Tyrese Hunter had a nice bounce back performance, even though he got blown out versus Kansas. He had a good game. Um, if he can, ha- he can play like that. What do you have? Twelve points, four assists. 
uh, two steals. If he get and very efficient too, I think he was the three of six from three point range. If he can give you that kind of performance, Max Aismith has to match him or be better in that in that backcourt tonight. You get that, and you get a fast start from Texas. I I think Texas has a shot to to pull to. You know, to win the game. Yeah. To pull uh, out the win. Yep, they've got to uh, get off to a quicker start and play f- better in that first half. Yeah, they can't even dig themselves out of a hole the whole game. Yeah. It's just not going to work. Not on the road like that. Yeah. Also tonight, Houston, the number one team in the land now. We predicted they'd go up to number one, and they did yesterday with uh, uh, the AP poll coming out. They're number one in the country. They're going to play Cincinnati tonight. Uh, Kansas will play BYU. It's a full slate of uh, Big 12 action tonight, including the Longhorns in Lubbock. And, yes, I mean, if – I know Moody Center has turned into a heck of a home court advantage for the Longhorns, but uh, this is probably the best home court. I mean, Fog yeah. Island Fieldhouse was rocking on Saturday as usual, but um, the like, blackout they're like going to have tonight. Oh, man, it's going to be wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't, don't you know, get, you've been to Lubbock, right? You know how those, those, those people uh, are, man. Yeah, man. Those this Lubbock people. Lubbock night, I mean, they're going to be, like I said, they're going to they be wild. It's going to be crazy. And, oh, man, the horn's down. It's gonna, they're going to do something funky. I guarantee you. <laughs> so don't get offended by that. Don't let that offend you, even though it's yeah. been a thing. Well, it's going to be the battle of the backcourts because you mentioned the big guy, Warren Washington's uh, banged up a little bit. But you know, their, th- their three leading scorers at Tech are all in their backcourt. It's Pop Isaacs, it's Joe Toussaint, Darian Williams. I mean, that's where they get, you know, 40 40- – 44 to 45 points a night from those three. Uh, that's going to be the matchup. It's Texas's guards against the uh, the guards at uh, Texas Tech in the last, as we said, three games. It's really been a, been a mismatch for the Longhorns. Uh, they've uh, not been up to it, but we'll see. That's a, an eight o'clock tip tonight. So one of those you got to wait up for. Like I said, love it at night, man. You got Texas baseball at 6:30 at the dish. Happen. Texas baseball at night, or Texas baseball at 6.30, then Texas basketball at 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, so full full slate of Tuesday night Longhorn action. Uh, let's get to Rod's first rant of this Tuesday morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to talk about uh, something that scouts really do consider, a data point they consider when they're looking at the overall uh, skill set of a player and they're evaluating them. Um, and Sark even talked about this too, and I think for different reasons. Some coaches, I think it's because of the, the physical skill set they're looking at overall, they're evaluating. And for some coaches, I believe it is the uh, competitive spirit they're evaluating um, when they're looking at this specific factor. Two multi-sport athletes, sports that play more than uh, players that play more than one sport. Um, it is something that scouts look at throughout your career. As, you know, as a high school player, usually you specialize, of course, by the time you go to college. Some guys, they're lucky enough and talented enough to play multiple sports in college. But for the most part, everybody specialized by the time they get to college. But they do look back at your high school background. Um, even Sark talked about this when he discussed recruiting high school athletes. He said, quote, the first thing I look for in recruiting and I know this sounds odd. I try to identify really unique competitors. Uh, he said, forget skill set. Naturally, we're, we're there because of their size, length, speed, whatever. But is he a competitive human being? What I mean by being competitive is, does he play multiple sports? I think that matters. Um, so for, for Sark, he's looking at it from a competitive spirit 
you know, standpoint, right? I want a guy that he wants to compete so damn bad. He can't sit, they can't be having an off season. Like, I got to go compete. I got to go do something. I got to compete. I got That's just part of my, I got that competitive sickness that I always talk about. Um, I think for, you know, for NFL scouts, a lot of the times they look at it and they want to see if a player has a well-rounded athletic skill set overall, or have they, are they been specialized um, which I think for some scouts, they believe if you've been specialized for too long, then you're closer to your ceiling and you're closer to peaking already. Um, that's why they like athletes who are pretty raw coming out of high school, played a lot of different sports. You haven't had all um, year to focus on just one sport because even even you're elite at that one sport too, even without necessarily focusing on it because you played basketball, you play, you ran track too. Uh, that is kind of the thought process for a lot of scouts. And the numbers, and they, they, man, they back it up. You go look at it, um, of the 400, you go look at of the 404 high school, um, sorry, 607 high school signees from 2022 to 2024 at, in Texas schools, and 404 of them, which is like 67%, played at least one other sport other than football. So they were multi-sport athletes. Most of them were track. Track is a, you know, for, for scouting and football, you know, track is how you confirm the speed, right? You can confirm it if the guy's got track time for you. That is, you know, that's laser time, and you know that that's something that, that can back up the film that you watch if you see the foot speed on film. And if you don't see it, sometimes it doesn't translate on film. That's something some coaches also want to see. Um, but you go look at basically 83% of football players who signed with Texas, Texas colleges, FBS programs in the state of Texas ran track as their second sport. Um, 27% ended up playing basketball as their second sport. And if you look at the, the NFL numbers overall, um, from 2008 to 2017, you had 318 NFL first-round draft picks, 88% of them multi-sport athletes in high school. Um, in, I mean, quarterbacks actually are one of the highest rates of multi-sport athletes, which is interesting, actually, because I remember Bill Walsh famously saying he likes his quarterbacks to be essentially a, a multi-sport athlete. He described it as, let me make sure I get the Bill Walsh quote. Um, he described it as athletic instincts. And basically what he meant by that is, he said it means he's, the, he's one of the best athletes in the entire high school. He could go make the basketball team, at least be the sixth man. He could make the soccer team. He can swim. He could field balls from center field. He could be a shortstop and could probably pitch on the baseball team if you needed him. He said, I, I, I want a quarterback with uh, an instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations. And he believed that playing or the sports gave you that, uh, you know, natural, instinctive, spontaneous response as an athlete um, to be able to, you know, think your way and be able to uh, respond and be able to, you know, as an athlete, be able to adapt and acclimate to situations quicker. And it, it's so I, I think there is a yeah, if you're a scout, it is something to consider. I think some scouts are going to emphasize it more than others. But, you know, I think if, even for, you know, parents these days who like to specialize their kids, uh, scouts don't like it. You know, the NFL doesn't like it. And most of the 
great you know, football minds out there prefer that their athletes are multi-sport athletes. They play a lot of different sports, whether it be for the competitive spirit thing or whether it be about rounding out your skill set as an athlete. Um, so I, or both. Probably should be both. Um, so there you go. And you'll see a lot of that, too, and you'll, they'll talk a lot more about it at the NFL draft. But um, Texas loves their multi-sport athletes, and the NFL does, too. And I, I think, honestly, if I was you know, recruiting players, I want to see them play the other sport, too. Yeah. To see if they're just see if they maybe they're just a skilled athlete and they're great at it. I want to see how they approach the other sport and their approach the same way they play football. I think that you know that to me will be part of the data points. Without Scott, a doubt, yeah. remember Arch Manning won a state championship as a basketball player in yeah. high school and right? almost went back because he wanted to win a second one. Uh, Colin Colin Simmons, the pass rusher, the edge rusher, won a, won a state title in uh, basketball at Duncanville. Yeah. Um, in addition to his football state championships and you know competitors, that's absolutely true, hundred percent. Yep, I think it I think it matters. And uh, so for Texas, Sark's big on it. Um, in the NFL, I think the other guys should be big on it too. Um, and actually, I saw you know that kid uh, is it Lance Jackson is his name. The uh, tight end that they just yes from uh, tight ends. up there near Texarkana. Yeah, he's actually a. I mean, he's a guy that plays on both sides of the ball right now, and and plays baseball. And plays, but yeah, level. he's a yeah, he's a really good athlete, man. He's a fantastic athlete. He's one of them. He's one of them dudes. Yeah, he's one of them. Make you sick how good he is at every damn thing. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? right. Probably shoots in the seventies in golf. Exactly. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he's one of those guys. So I mean, bowls three hundreds. Yeah, trust me. I'm, I think that was a data point for Sark when he was evaluating those guys. So you want more and more guys like that on your roster just freakish athletes um and you're gonna see them at the nfl combine trust me yeah that's 100 percent. well because that's the thing right at the you know for, for sark when you're evaluating high school players you, you're looking for the best but they kind of jump off the t- off the page you get to the combine I mean, these are the best of the best oh, i mean uh, they're all freaks man and you you have to have guys with that competitive sickness as you call it rod because it's once you get to the league man it's everybody's really good everybody's the best exactly <laughs> so right. it's about who who's going to compete who's going to work at it uh because you, you're either you're getting better or you're getting left behind in the National exactly. Football League, and they're always looking to take your job from you. That's the whole point. They're always looking for a cheaper that's, option. Yeah, that's why, that's why the league is what it is because, uh, you know, you don't – the way you have to approach it is you know they're going to try to upgrade every year. The average lifespan is three and a half years or career span is three and a half years in the league. It's short because they're always trying to replace Not you. Not for long league. They literally are trying to replace you all the time. No gu- no guaranteed contracts. No, <laughs> Not a lot of guaranteed money. No, no, you got to earn it. Got to earn it. And the combine is the first part of it. All right, good stuff. We'll have bullish or BS for the end of the hour. We'll take your thoughts on uh, the competitive sickness. And also, uh, we'll rank these running backs. They're going to be on the free agent market. Which ones will be in most demand? We'll talk to you about it coming back on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up rolls on on this Tuesday morning. Good stuff coming out of Rod's rant. We'll get some bullish or BS for the top of the hour. Told you yesterday, Rod, that... Uh, the great Peter King is retiring, announced his retirement yeah, on his weekly man. column. It's not going to be the same without Peter King. One of the best, and he'll be writing somewhere. He's I just hope not so. going to be covering the beat like uh, rigorously as he has for the last 30 years in the NFL. One of the best. But uh, obviously that took all the headlines, and rightfully so, that he's retiring. Um, he's but a goat, man. He also wrote that uh, he 
Well, he didn't say he thinks they're going to, but he said, suppose that the Bears will trade the number one overall pick. Suppose that the Bears would trade the number one, one overall pick. They should. Essentially, his, uh, his thought was if they really like Justin Fields, which they have to decide. Uh, I saw where DJ Moore, their top receiver, they traded for last year from Carolina, says it's not even close between Justin Fields and the, the quarterbacks that are in this draft. Uh, he wants them to keep Justin Fields and uh, keep developing oh. him. But, you know, you don't listen to your players in those regards. They're good friends. But so, uh, you know, the, the, the Peter King idea was he says, suppose they traded back one slot with the Washington Commanders uh, and got, you know, a second, the, the, the second pick of the second round to go with it, right? They go back one pick, but they get a, a top-end pick in the, in the next round maybe yeah. a, and something later. And then they trade back from there, he says, to the, to the Falcons at eight and, you know, load up on, on picks again. And then, most, of course, they have the ninth pick. So if you're keeping Justin Fields, it's all under the umbrella of we're keeping Justin oh. Fields. So now you've loaded up uh, on draft picks, and you have the eighth and the ninth picks to take. Because, again, when the quarterbacks and receivers come off the board, you're going to be sitting there at eight and nine taking really good players at other key positions. You need offensive line. You need pass rush. You need interior D line. Uh, you know, and then in the top end of the – now all of a sudden in the top end of the second round, you're sitting there with two picks. Um, you know, and, and you add picks for next year too. His argument is you could take this, these, this draft – and add, have nine picks in the first two rounds of each of the next two drafts and really build the foundation of your football team if you believe Justin Fields can be your lead quarterback. Uh, just argue. At least just put yeah, it out there for, I mean, for conversation. No, it's a, good, it's a good thought experiment. I I don't think just – I think you know what Justin Fields is at this – I think you know what he is 39 starts in his career. And you haven't – like I said, you've done him no favors. You have not provided him the proper support and consistency you need to develop a young quarterback. And that's from the Bears organization. By the way, they have a reputation for being a terrible organization at developing quarterbacks, period. Period. Throughout their <laughs> history. Um, so – I don't see it working. You need a quarterback that can transcend your dysfunction. <laughs> yes. And that's not Justin Fields. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is a bust and Justin Fields is never going to work out, but I think he needs to go to an organization that has a more quarterback-centric model that, can, that he can thrive in, that he doesn't have to carry the organization. Some quarterbacks can do that. They have the shoulders to do that. Those are the guys that can put the cape on, as I talk about. I need, and right now, I don't, I don't see Justin Fields as a guy that can put the cape on. Is he a capable, competent quarterback? Of course he is. But you, y'all watch Patrick Mahomes. You watch him put that cape on a few times. I've seen Joe Burrow do it. All right? I've seen C.J. Stroud actually do it uh, recently a couple of times. And honestly, I've never seen really Justin Fields put that cape on and be able to uh, lead that team and that organization, put them on his back essentially, and lead them to wins and lead them to a postseason berth. That's what you need in a quarterback. And Caleb Williams, from what I can gather, has more of a chance of being that. The guy, as we know, Longhorn fans, who put the cape on against Texas as a freshman and, you know, basically led to the biggest meltdown loss um, and comeback win for Oklahoma in the history of the program. So it's – it to me, I think I would just draft Caleb Williams number one and trade Justin Fields. But, yeah, I mean, because, again, I mean, you're – What's well, your point of not developing quarterbacks? You got to develop Caleb Williams too. Uh, my fear for the Bears would be this: that, that you know they, they have a bad. I mean, it's terrible organizational management that their young quarterbacks don't get developed by the team, the, the coach that drafted them. You know what I mean? It's they did it with uh, with Mitch Trubisky, drafted Mitch Trubisky, fired the coach the next year. So the new coach came in and had a quarterback he didn't draft. 
Then they drafted Justin Fields, fired the coach the next year, so now he comes in, doesn't it? You know, quarterback he didn't draft. Well, if you take Caleb Williams and then you fire Matt Eberflus at the end of the year, you're going to bring in another coach. Yes. Who didn't <laughs> draft the quarterback? Repeat the cycle. It's not a good idea. But at the same time, insanity. that would be the argument for staying. The argument for for taking Caleb Williams is if he's that great of a quarterback, that's what you need in this league. Yep. You need that level of, of a super quarterback, and Justin Fields is not. No matter how many high draft picks you have over the next two drafts, uh, that's the decision the Bears are trying to make. I think there's going to be a you know there's some talk as we head to the combine now that uh, you know the, the the Minnesota Vikings rock are desperate for a quarterback. I heard this. And they could like, use Justin Jefferson as trade bait yeah. to get up into the top three to take the quarterback that they need I mean, because they're not going to re-sign Kirk Cousins and they don't have another option. So what do you do? It's, uh, you know, how do we get up there high enough? We're at 11 now in the draft. How do we get up there? Could they use Justin Jefferson, who's going to he's the best receiver in the league, but at the same time you need the quarterback. Uh, so uh, there's going to be a lot of these conversations here in the next yeah. uh, three weeks of, or actually two months all the way into the draft at the end of April. It's well, be interesting to see. Minnesota thoughts, and I think you know a lot of other folks out there did. I, I did not, but a lot of folks thought that, okay, now with Green Bay uh, you know, having a quarterback transition, they'll have to kind of rebuild and reload as an organization, and they won't be much of a threat. And then, no, I don't think anybody really expected Detroit out of nowhere to become a powerhouse, which, by the way, they are. Brad Holmes, that GM, I want to say almost 22% of all of his draft picks have, have become pro bowlers. He, he, That's a great he, his hit his hit rate is unbelievable right now. So nobody really and so they like I said they got a really bright future, and nobody thought they would hit. So if you are Minnesota right now, it's an arms race. You're like, damn it, Jordan Love actually is pretty damn good, and the Packers look like they just gonna pick up right where they they left off with transition from Favre to Aaron Rodgers right on to Jordan Love, and then now you got Detroit to worry about. It's an arms race now. You can't you can't afford to kind of come back with the status quo. You gotta you gotta you gotta get up. You gotta upgrade. Yeah, and maybe you're gonna trade the best wide receiver in football to do it. Um, would I support that? If it if you if you hit on the quarterback, I'd support it. It's worth it. Just like Nick Casario. I was like, if Nick Casario hits on the CJ Stroud, Will Anderson move in a draft, it was all worth it. I don't give a damn how much he gave up. It was worth it. You'd give up, give it's up worth all it. You. If you hit on the quarterback, it's worth it. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of teams, after seeing Stroud in year one, would give up a lot of picks to go get him. Yeah, and a lot of players. Uh, same, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and the best quarterbacks in yeah. this league. No, it's an interesting conversation uh, of how you – because you're right about that division. If you're Minnesota, you oh. you were sitting in a good place. You won the division two just two seasons ago. And now, all of a sudden, here come the Lions. And as I mentioned yesterday, the Lions and the Texans are among the only two teams in the top ten teams in, for, for, for cap space. Right, yeah. the, Those two teams, everybody else in the top ten for cap space were bad last year. You know, top three picks in the draft. I mean, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams that were bad last year have cap space. Houston and Detroit were both pretty good last year, and Detroit was almost in the Super Bowl, and they've got cap room. And this they this do. this cap explosion where it went up $30 million helps, even further helps the Lions add pieces, the Texans maybe get in the market, and the Lions can start re-signing some of their pro bowlers, which is what they should do, right? Uh, yeah, while yeah. they continue to draft really well. That'll be interesting because you're right. They now are, are the, the, the owners of that division, but here comes Green Bay. With the youngest team in the league last yeah. year, the youngest team ever to win a playoff game. Sorry, Cowboys. And uh, they're going to be in the mix. So if you're Minnesota, you might just go ahead and reboot. You might just say, you know what? Exactly. We're about to pay Justin Jefferson a mint. He deserves it. But we don't have a quarterback to throw it to him. What are we doing that so for? Why are we paying him? Why are we going to pay him <laughs> yeah. the highest paid receiver in the history of football? If we don't have a quarterback to throw it to him, should we go get a quarterback? So I, 
Like I said, even if they have to trade Justin Jefferson, I know it's crazy, but they better hit on that quarterback. You trade that guy and don't hit on the quarterback, then a lot of people need to be fired. <laughs> that's, no. just a, that's just the consequences of a big move like that. But if you it don't takes work two out. to tango. I mean, are you going to are you going to trade out of the top three to go get to, to get a wide receiver when? You know, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're sitting at four. You could draft Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors. You could. I don't need to take your – and then sign Justin Jefferson to a mega deal. I'll just take a receiver here to play with Kyler Murray. Uh, it's going to be a, an interesting couple of months, without a doubt. As for these uh, running backs, uh, days of our running back lives, Rod, are going to take center stage. We know it's always days of our quarterback lives during the offseason in the NFL. Uh, but now it's going to be running backs with word that Tony Pollard will not get franchise tagged. The Giants aren't going to tag Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick no. Henry. All these guys will be on the market. Who do you think is the uh, – the, how do we rank these running backs once they hit the market? Is it Saquon at one, or is it Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler? Where do we, where do we rank these running backs as far as the market goes for their services? Um, honestly, the age plays a huge role in it. You got to go look at the overall touches and how how long of a contract do you want to sign them to? I always say you should rent a running back, don't buy a running back. So we're talking about one to two year deals for these guys. And, you know, for me, it's the, it's the running back who also is a passing, a receiving threat in the passing game. So Saquon and Austin Eckler for me, um, man, they they stand out because those those are guys that can really help you in both areas as runners and as pass receivers. Uh, Josh Jacobs may be – he may be younger. So he's crew. 26. Yeah. Uh, Barkley's 27. Yeah, see, 27 is the age. Basically running backs production – that based on the the studies and patterns and trends since 2000, um, basically they peak at 27 years old. All, all running backs pretty much peak at 27, and after that you see their rushing totals drop by 15% when they're 28, 25% when they're 29, and 30%. They close to 40% actually well, by the time the, they're 30. And, you know, it doesn't take a, a, an economics degree to understand supply and demand there's going to be a lot of running backs on the market, so the value is going to be driving, driven down. That's true. Um, because, you know, you, you, want to, you want to hold out for more money? Okay, I'll go talk to this guy. Uh, you know, there's options. And so we'll see how, that, how the, 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 the depressed market impacts that. Because you're right, if you're Josh Jacobs and you're 26, you might just take the best two-year deal you can get. Yeah. Take the most dollars over two years, maybe with an option for a third, and go there. Um, you, know, that, you know, be willing to take a shorter deal. To get more, gonna have to. more, more signing bonus, because uh, that's what those teams are want. Because I mean, Austin Eckler's twenty-eight, uh, Derrick Henry is thirty years old now. Uh, to your point, right there, those guys are those. Those are ancient, but in running back years. Yeah, Hell, but, Todd Gurley ain't even thirty yet. Todd Gurley ain't played running back. Todd Gurley, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, but he ain't. Yeah, even, you yeah, realize that? Out, yeah. He's still in his twenties. I know. You realize that? Yeah, he came in young. <laughs> and the running back market, man, it'd be interesting. Like you've, you've heard, Derrick Henry linked to teams like Baltimore. Like Baltimore looking to get over the the hump in the AFC. Would Baltimore, Would Derrick Henry fit next to Lamar Jackson? That'd be pretty devastating with Zay Flowers. Um, you know. That 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 I'm just I'm really interested to see what this market's going to be for these I'm backs. With you. No, it's Todd Gurley's 29 years old. <laughs> Think about that. If you're, if you're a running knees. back, I mean that's that's how, that's the life of a running back. He's 29, guys. He's been out of the league for like, what three two, years? Three years. That's, three years. Tell me, man, that running back. Ooh, it's that's a hard shelf life. But he also back. had like a degenerative but, knee injury. Right? Yeah, yeah, knee injuries. But my my point is, it you know. Running backs, period, though, they're considered old by the time they're 
26, 27. Yeah, they are. They just considered, the, especially yeah. if they were heavily used in, in college, right? I mean, yeah. you're you're talking about t- ten years of wear and tear, exactly, uh, and pounding, uh, and that's why the running back by committee has become popular, which it can be interesting. I think the, you know we we've seen it in Major League Baseball this offseason where the free agent market is it's stagnant. I I don't want. We'll see what the running back market looks like. But the other part that you have to add to that is the the draft class for running backs is thin, very yes. thin. Last yeah. year it was robust, right? With you had Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson goes go, both go in the top twelve. This is not a year where everybody has Jonathan Brooks out of Texas as the number one running back. But you know how healthy is he going to be? He's just coming off of a knee injury, so yeah. uh, those conversation will be had. But I, I Derek Henry's kind of built different. He's kind of one of those guys when you you see him, he still he looks is, like he can uh, he be a productive player. Could. And I like Josh Jacobs, and, and you know, as a Texans fan, I, I I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of Saquon Barkley in that backfield because. Uh, you know, even if you get two good years out of him, this is the two years where you're willing to overspend for, for a running back because of C.J. Stroud on a rookie contract. You can afford to, to, to maybe go there a little bit to, to maximize this rookie deal for C.J. and put the best players around him you can and then use the draft and other free agency to go after defensive players to fill that side of the ball for yep. D'Amico Ryan. Because if you added Saquon Barkley – you with with Tank Dell and uh, Nico, Nico Collins and uh, you know can you resign Dalton Schultz? Those are going to be questions for them. You feel like you're going to score enough points. You know you got to play some defense. Oh yeah, no yeah, that that's a pretty potent offensive lineup right there. If you get, and I'm I'm sure they're going to add something else in the draft. I think they'll add another young Peace. receiver. Yeah, uh, potentially. Or they might go tight end because depending on what happens with the JT. Dalton Schultz situation. <laughs> yeah, he'll be. He'll, I mean, they could get the best, the second best tight end on the board. I mean, he he's likely going to be there from what I'm seeing. I mean, I haven't seen him in the first round of any drafts. So in the second round, he's the Texans. I'm trying to figure out what their uh, what their priorities are going to be. I mean, they'll probably draft an edge rusher or something too, depending on what happens with the Grenard situation. Yeah, Jonathan Grenard, their other pass rusher opposite will will, and yeah. they, they need interior cool. line too. I mean, yeah. that's why with the Cowboys and Texans. I mean, I think the Cowboys at the twenty fourth pick are kind of I don't want to say stuck, but they have to take an offensive lineman in my mind. I, yeah, because what are they doing with Tyron Smith? Can they re-sign Tyron Smith? What about their center? Uh, they are really thin there, uh, and you know Zach Martin and it's um, you know, who's the right tackle? Terrence Steele. Um, you know, what, what do we, Tyler Smith is there, but I mean that's about it right now for them as far as under contract offensive linemen. They are they, they needed they need O line. Houston pretty good at the O line. They need defensive tackle. They need defensive edge. I, I, this is where I wonder if D'Amico Ryan's says, "Hey, listen, Casario, I need the defense here. We need defense. I, yeah. I got my quarterback. We're going to be good. We can add pieces like we did last year offensively to score points, uh, but we need defense." Now they got to the Bright Ravens game and they couldn't move the ball. So <laughs> they, that, that's yeah. to be argued too that you know the more weapons and that's where a guy like Saquon Barkley could really change the dynamic if he can stay healthy because as we know at twenty seven years old Barkley has dealt with injuries but that was their issue right Tank Dale was out yep in that game I mean he was a crucial piece of the offense they just don't have that kind of depth yet but yeah I mean I could I could see them deciding hey man we just we found our quarterback let's load up on offensive weapons in a deep wide receiver draft I think they'll, they'll draft another wide receiver when you got a quarterback like CJ you should yeah you should you should always give him you should always gift him something in the draft so that he wasn't he don't become Aaron Rodgers later on in his career even though Aaron Rodgers would have complained about anything but like I said they drafted Tank Dale off of the recommendation 
of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, they did. They, they should, worked out together during the offseason. Yeah, and, they, uh, they should all. a bond, and it yeah. showed up on the football field without a doubt. Uh, you have Nico Collins, and he and, and you know, they got to figure out tight end. But I just don't wonder if D'Amico Ryans is going to be pounding the table for no, defense. I mean, that, that, that was the way of the world in San Francisco when he was there, right? It's, they would always try to get defensive linemen, just as many as you can stock up on, and uh, then we can go to work on defense. But we'll see. We'll see. He pounded the table last year for Will, Will Anderson, last April for Will Anderson, and it ended up working out, right? He got yeah, both the quarterback and the, yeah. the pass rusher. Both were rookies of the year on offense and defense. All right, we'll come back. We'll play some bullish or BS, including uh, an NFL quarterback, Russell Wilson, saying he wants two more Super Bowls. Two more. Dose of them babies. Two more in the next five years. We'll Dose. talk about it. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Him Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. Topics we are bullish on or calling BS, including uh, this made headlines over the weekend. Rod, uh, Russell Wilson did an interview, another one of these podcasts, I Am an Athlete podcast, in oh, which yeah. he stated that, uh, you know, as he heads probably out of Detroit, out of Denver, after a couple of rough years in the mountains, that uh, he he still he wants to win two more Super Bowls in the next five years. He wants two more. He wants to feel the mm. chill of the Lombardi Trophy in his hand, yeah. like he did once before. Those are them babies. I like it. And uh, some will, many will say he's delusional to say that. Can we hear Russell Wilson? He says you got to be delusional to be great. You got to be delusional. Here's Russell Wilson from that very same podcast. Sorry, we got some buffering. Here we go. Oh things you want to be able to accomplish, the things that you want to be able to do to overcome, come, come from Richmond, Virginia, where, you know, you know, s- small towns, you know, in terms of small school and everything else to go play football, baseball, you got to be delusional to hey, go win a Super Bowl, got to be delusional, all the hard work, the competitiveness to do what you're do- doing, you know, I think you got 970 some catches in your career, you got to be a little delusional, you got to be obsessed. You gotta love the process. You gotta love the game. You gotta love the, the studying. You gotta love the hard stuff. You gotta love the bumps and the bruises. You gotta love the hard times just as much as the good times. You always gotta be delusional. Ooh. All right, always gotta be delusional, Ron. Is I it, like that. Be uh, irrational confidence. Yeah, you have I, to believe in yourself, but nobody else does. That's I, right. No, really, you ain't gonna make it to the league if you because everybody else is gonna tell you, man. I don't know if you're gonna make it. That's, that's a hard dream to accomplish. Well, is <laughs> it be- is it bullish or BS that he can? Uh, Sniff another Super Bowl, much less win two more. Uh, it's it's going to depend on what team he lands with. I mean, who's 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 interested in Russell Wilson? Who's in the Russell Wilson market at this time? What team should be in the Russell Wilson market? Who's upgrading there? Are we talking about, you're talking about Pittsburgh? Uh, you're talking about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You're talking should, about Atlanta. P- Pittsburgh should be in that conversation. The Atlanta. Yeah, you're right about that. Is Minnesota? Minnesota's desperate at this point. Um, and how about this, Rod, on Bullish or BS? Uh, you know, we talk about quarterbacks. You know, Mr. Hot Take, Merrill Hodge, is out at it again. Oh, yeah. He, did, he, was he didn't that, like Drake May, huh? Yeah, he didn't like Caleb Williams, and yeah. he, does, he didn't think he was special. And he said this uh, over the weekend about uh, Drake May. He said, I wouldn't touch Drake May. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't grab him in the first round. There's a bunch of things that bother me. Extremely inconsistent. His accuracy, his processing are inconsistent. He's not extremely athletic. I think I'm finding him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion. So, wow. Uh, what, what, what do you like about Drake May? Not much, according to Merrill Hodge. So. Um, yeah, because I think he likes Jaden Daniels above Drake May. He's not the only one, so a lot of people have that. But, um, I mean, he's, he, he, when, he's, when he gets, gets his evaluation of a quarterback, he is uh, unapologetically. <laughs> he goes all in. Uh, v, yeah, exactly. He, he's, he's all in about it, and he's, he's unapologetic about it. Like, trust me, even if he's wrong – 
you won't hear Mary Hodge change his opinion. Uh, okay, uh, bullish or BS? Uh, there is a. Uh, I, I want to. I got some sounds, some audio that we'll get to on the other side because it's a little bit too long. So I got another topic that we're gonna bring up. Uh, we'll get to that on the other side, Ty. Um, there is an anonymous GM apparently that said Victor Wimbenyama will be the best defensive player of all time. Are we bullish or BS? On Say it again. Anonymous GM that Victor Wemby will be a, the uh, an anonymous NBA exec. They said so. Not a GM. They said an NBA exec uh, says Victor Wembanyama will be the best defensive player of all time. Um, you know, he that's, comes that's, from ESPN's uh, ESPN uh, McMahon. I think he has a chance. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, would I be bullish on that? I would say cautiously bullish. Yes, just because look, he's just such a freak. I mean, the only question I have on Wemby is health. Can he stay healthy? Uh, because big guys, feet, you know, those kind of things over time. But he hasn't had any injuries. No. So, I mean, you know, the the hype on, on Victor Wembanyama coming in is he's kind of a cross between Kevin Durant and Giannis, but he's taller. Um, and you're kind of seeing that. I mean, I, you have to project Wemby four years from now when he's 23 years old and has yeah. played four full seasons. As you said, he may win Defensive Player of the Year this year. I think he should. I mean, he leads the NBA in blocks. He's on a terrible team, but he leads the league in blocks. He's uh, He's got 38 blocks this month. He's got, and he's getting better. He's getting under. He's more understanding. He has more blocks than seven teams. <laughs> like he's, yeah. I, I, I don't know how the people can justify that he's not going to be defensive player. I'm like, it's obvious he's the best defensive player in the league. They get right now. Yeah, he's averaging like I think oh, like almost one and a half steals too. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's got good hands. He's just so nimble just, for a big man. I mean, and uh, even you know Kevin Durant been recently saying that uh, you know he's going to own this league uh, when when when, yeah. when he evolves fully. I mean, he's still growing into his body. He's got to get in the weight room and, and, and add some weight. But he's only 19 years old. Yeah, LeBron said he doesn't have a ceiling. It's, just yes, it's, 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 it's freakish. <laughs> he is without a ceiling. No, it, it, I love his highlights. I mean, the, the highlights, even from this season, I know the Spurs ain't winning no games. So nobody's watching them. But, man, he is doing some superhuman, crazy stuff on the court that you just – you've never seen before. No. Nope. Because you've never seen a player with his – stature and dimensions out there that are as skilled as he is being as big as he is. We've never seen it. It's unprecedented. Somebody said here on the text line, Russ absolutely could win two more Super Bowls. Just sign as a free agent to be the backup in KC. Hey. (laughs) Good thinking. Yeah, be Mahomes' backup. Take the easy path, baby. There hang you out go. with Sierra, and you know uh, Sierra what? can hang out with Taylor Swift. And I, you know who would welcome that? I think the, the Chiefs would welcome that. They'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, we'll take that. Yeah, come, you know, come win some Super Bowls come here. Be our season backup. Hey, you'll play probably you know, once or twice a year. You know, you have that, that, that game, especially when they all have the playoffs locked up or their spot locked up, or you'll have that one or two games that Patrick Mahomes will miss because of a slight injury and they want to be really careful. So you get a couple of get a couple of shots, well, and yeah, Sierra gets to be friends with Taylor. Oh yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> that's going that's going to blow it up. That's going to blow it up, man. Then they would get they then they get all the uh, the the female viewers. That's what they're trying to get anyway. Maybe the NFL will get that get that going. I think Russ should go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs an upgraded quarterback, and I don't know why they're not interested in Justin Fields. I guess they don't want to pay the trade. price tag, make the trade. Make, but go get go get Russell Wilson. He's better than he's better than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, man, Kenny Pickett, he has the lowest touchdown rate <laughs> of any quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. I'm not throwing. He's only throwing a touchdown at 1.8% of his passes. That's the lowest touchdown rate in the history of the league. <laughs> Go get a quarterback, Pittsburgh. What are you waiting on? Yeah, Russell Wilson will be interesting there for sure. Uh, all right, so Kim Kardashian, by the way, dating Odell Beckham Jr., 
according to some reports. Say what? Yeah. Kim Kardashian dating Odell Beckham Jr. Uh-oh. And Odell wants to play in Kansas City. He wants to he wants to bring Kim Kardashian to have another power couple oh, in KC. Let's do it. And then Russell Wilson as the backup. Oh man, there you go. Consolidate all your pop culture. Yeah, right you got there. Taylor Swift, you got oh, uh, man. Kim Sierra. Kardashian and Sierra all hanging out in, in uh, lovely Kansas City. Oh man, that, that's all BS. We'll come back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby.